Welcome back, everybody, to the Domcast, episode 53, where the Celtics now trail the NBA Finals 2-3. This one would be exceptionally quick. This might be barbershop talk length. Those were fun. This uh, this night, however, not that fun. <laughs> uh, let's just jump right into it. This podcast is on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, it's on YouTube. The likes help, the ratings help. All that good stuff. Let's jump into what happened in game five. I know I said that I was going to be back either if it was for game seven or if there was a champion crown, but uh, no, nah, we just got to go ahead and talk now. <laughs> we just got to go ahead and talk now. Um, my last podcast on YouTube is titled How to Parentheses Not Guard Stuff. And I talked about a lot of things in that episode, but the main thing was Steph coverage because being tied with a chance to take a 3-2 lead. The most important thing, the most crucial thing is how you guard Steph. He's the key to all of this. He's been having a magnificent series. And whether you're in switching on him, whether you're in drop coverage, whatever you choose to do, that is the key to what happens in the Warriors offense. Either he gets to uh, basically have target practice or you put two to him and make the ball move and make somebody else hit shots, make the uh, make the Warriors make other decisions. And last game, I was on the side. If you listen to it, it's worth a listen regardless. I don't think anything in the pot is outdated for the next two days. It's still uh, it's still a good listen. No bias at all. I was on the side of let's not hit the big red button. Let's not panic just because all of these games besides game two, Win or lose, everything has been close, and a couple of the games felt like Steph carry jobs, even though he's had some help, for sure, like the bulk of it has come from him. But it's been close, I thought in game four they had a golden chance to win that game, and so uh, tied 2-2, I was thinking, you know what, let's just see if he can continue producing magic, not in the sense of leave him all the way open, don't drop so far back that he can just take a comfortable shot, but... Have you guys come up, try to have somebody contest the shot as well as they can and live with those results. And so, you know, I'm going to definitely, I don't pull up stats a lot. I normally just like to talk from what I saw and what I felt, but do want to, I I think it would be uh, helpful tonight. So they they changed the coverage up a little bit. If you watch the game, clearly see they change it up. The Warriors missed plenty of threes and they missed plenty. I'm not sure how many open shots, but they definitely missed some open shots, including Steph. But for the most part, the the Boston Celtics goals to run him specifically off the three point line. They even had a they had to play this game where they let him take a a mid range free throw jumper. Just let him. He got down. Robert Williams was there. They chased him off the three. He shot it and he missed it. But they were just going. All right, you can have the twos. The defensive coverage tonight, in which I will say they either hit the big red button or halfway press the big red button. I was talking about in the last podcast. Results in a 7 of 22 night overall and an 0 of 9 night, which again, I will have to go back up. This uh, I'm potting right after the game. Honestly, I probably should have done the usual work and went to see how many of them were actually open. I'm not even sure if the game footage is there yet, but he definitely had some open threes. It was to the point where he actually didn't take some of the threes that he could have. One specifically that I thought would have th- put the dagger in the game. Uh, he got the ball, just kind of stopped. It was the two-on-one. It was the two-on-one where Clay passed it to him. He would normally shoot it. He just didn't. Uh, so, didn't make a three-pointer tonight. He ended up with 16 points. He had eight assists. Uh, so I'll circle that one. 
and um yeah so we, we read the field goals the rest of your warrior players you got 21 points from clay on 7 of 14. draymond green even scored a bit at the beginning he had three field goals so that's a thing he scored and then your boy andrew wiggins 52 percent from the field he shot uh he didn't make a three so you know you prefer wiggins three to anybody else is cool but also 12 of 23 from the field and again 13 rebounds just affecting the game in multiple ways this doesn't even speak of the defense that he continues to play on jason tatum so the wiggins propaganda is prevailing at a very unfortunate time for me, but it's prevailing. Even Gary Payton came in. Gary Payton came in and gives you uh, get 15 points off the bench. And if I'm not mistaken, he had a three. Yep, he did have a three-pointer. That did happen. So, a couple of things. I said last game, don't maybe don't overreact. Maybe don't change this coverage on Steph because you've given yourself a chance if you just don't throw some boneheaded turnovers if you just clean up a couple of things and Steph still goes off you can still win that game I'm not sure you win the games where other people hit where other people hit shots where other people get really involved and get into a rhythm I'm not sure you have as easy of a time with those now the argument can be made that what they did tonight was smart it got steph off off uh it, it got him off and you almost came back it, the momentum totally switched that happened and the big big piece of this is the first half you can look and say for most of the first half you didn't score in terms of your open threes boston had plenty of good looks that they just missed in that first half and so knowing that you might just think okay what we did to them on the defensive end was nice and if you don't have possibly the worst shooting half of the season you could go on to win that game even at times where they were down 10 should have been down 20 plus that's a mixture of them not hitting their shots and the warriors probably uh hit missing some that they should have made should have been down like 20 you were only down 10 so you it, it's it's confusing right it's confusing to decide which coverage you use going into the next game do you go back to what you were doing and make steph carry the bulk of the offense or do you do this again and let other guys get going i actually don't know what i do know is they have now left two great opportunities on the table and it's starting to feel like a celtics team just possibly might not be ready i will say that once again you, you can't you had a historically bad shooting first half you turned it around in the third quarter and then a couple of things didn't go their way and they folded like house of cards the turnovers remained me and kobe who is if you're on the stream you know that's a, the guy that's normally on the watch watch parties with us look at the turnovers we were talking about this at the end four from tatum sorry yeah four turnovers from tatum you get five from Jalen Brown, four from Marcus Smart. So even though those guys had decent shooting games, aside from Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, this was just a bad night for him. So Marcus Smart had a decent shooting game and was a big part of them coming back. The turnovers, there's that. JB was flat out pretty much a negative tonight. And then Tatum, although again, he was another huge part of coming back. His three started going. Again, the in-between game is not, it's not shit right now. The finishing game, really not for the series, just hasn't been on. But the threes, the, the behind the back three, or behind the back dribble, dribble, step back three, that, that for some reason, uh, he, he had sold from time to time. And he was five and nine tonight, but was not there in the clutch, 
wasn't really hitting at the beginning of the game. I think for most of the first quarter, he hadn't even taken a shot. So that 10 of 20, like it's cool, but it was very, very, very condensed. It was very condensed and it ultimately was not enough. Uh, do want to talk about a Tatum turnover that he had? Gosh, he had one to start the game that I still have. I have to go back and rewatch to figure that one out. Then he had one where I just I just lost it because he was on the right wing. I believe he was trying to pass it to whoever was at the top. Right. It's not even important. Whoever Draymond Green was guarding at the top. He just threw a very, very lazy right handed pass. Draymond picked it off. That one about drove me out of my seat. I'm not a coach. I'm not a professional player. I'll never pretend to know what these guys know. But how on earth are we in a final series with the best player or the best players throwing passes like these? I don't get it. I don't get it. And that combined with the third quarter performance. or Sorry, the performance where they were down by three with around three minutes left in game four, where they just decided only a three pointer will do. <laughs> Um, at the end of this game where Jordan Poole hit the momentum shot and then you get a technical foul after that and things just got out of hand. Those things are really starting to push me towards the edge of damn, this squad just might not be ready. There's a there's a very, very, very thin line between championship team and really, really good team. And that th that line is so thin that the plays or the outcomes of these championship games of these finals games sometimes come down to a couple of plays that turned it literally just a couple of plays that's it once again at the near the end of the third they had another play where they just fell asleep on a warriors inbound and i believe it resulted in a gosh who hit the three i think it was probably jordan Poole. boston player just fell asleep on the inbound warriors player was open made boston's defense scramble i think that's the one that ended up in a pool three literally just that that one play that can turn that like leads to, to what happens after that. The next bucket after that, it just builds on from that play. It's literally just a couple of plays that turn this entire thing. And if you're a championship team, you capitalize on those or you don't make those mistakes. And if you're a really good team, you do the opposite. So the way it's looking now, you go into game six and you say, all right, well, you might try what you tried in game five here, because once again, if the shooting numbers were there in, in the beginning of this game five, they could have very well been up. They would have had one of those starts where the Warriors had to come back. They would have probably had a beautiful chance. So I'm not sure they're going to go look at the tape and say, all right, let's just give that up. Let's just let Steph go for 40 again, or let's give him the coverage that was that was getting him those high scoring nights. I'm not sure they're going to do that. Because they might think that their best bet to even win the series is to have other Warriors players duplicate this once or, or, or twice more. Or now to win, they'll have to do it once more. Um, so there is that. Or you can go back to, again, this is the thin line that I'm talking about. Because if you go back to what you were doing where you've lost a couple of close games, you just have to execute on those couple of plays. For those reasons, I could see them getting a game six, but this is not the part why I totally you know, flip my prediction or whatever. If you're an avid listener to the podcast, you know that in game, sorry, game one and the podcast preview, I said that if it got to a seventh game and Golden State, I just I would I don't know if I could see that happening. This is. I've had all the respect in the world for this team, for this dynasty. It's the reason I wanted to see Boston play them. I wanted to see them get a crack at this. It's a special thing to, to be going against Steph and such. And so that's cool. But I respect them enough that clearly they've, I, I believe in the composure that they have. And you've seen that twice now. You saw that in game four where their backs were pretty much against the wall. 
and in game five where the momentum they they lost it but they didn't fold a non-championship team folds when the momentum swings like that and they can't get it back i think that's kind of what happened to the celtics in in game four once the warriors got a one-point lead then they turned it to a three-point lead after that they just couldn't get it back the warriors this they led by as much as 16 points and boston is hitting everything all of a sudden they're getting hype and it's like all right cool they got the lead back and they built it without steph that's just that's championship dna fam as cliche as that sounds that is just fucking championship dna um pool came in is as he gives you some stupid shots he gives you some momentum boosters as well boom there's a lead and they're taking off with it so you know it's just a very well composed team boston on the other hand and some of these youngsters just has not they just haven't seemed there and so the scheme whichever scheme they choose the shooting numbers are there i could totally see them having a good game six at home a game seven at golden state fuck me bro <laughs> that's the difference between this podcast and others right is I, i'm i'm sure at some point in in this little budding thing i have here i'll have to leave my celtics fandom out of it and just go completely um you know the vibes i have to be completely like basketball breakdown and maybe i won't talk about the the fandom stuff anymore the difference right now is i i can still i can still throw that part in there and i enjoy it maybe i'll never stop we're doing this watch party and i'm just laughing so hard at the fact that now this team's championship hopes hinge on them winning two straight games one of those being a game seven in golden state in a series where they have left two great opportunities on the table again game four great opportunity left it game five had all the momentum left it uh and you know we talk about kerr and his rotations and when he rests stuff that is such a big gut punch for kerr to be able to rest steph curry and then have the rest of the team build the lead and trust him i really think that kind of stems from game four where i said i would have let the uh i would have just lived with the results and let steph play the whole game and not trusted the team but he did that and they won that game even though they were losing they were losing the lead he still trusted them enough to not have stuff on the floor and he turned around and did it again this game and this time the trust really paid off and so you know you can argue with the method but here we are right and uh it's it's a it's a bad situation again the celtics have been in some really tough and bad spots throughout this uh throughout this postseason and this is probably the worst <laughs> this is the worst one um and you know in milwaukee getting a game six out of there and then getting a game seven at home that's the, that's that miami just losing a game six that you were leading in and then going having to get one that was tough too but two lost two bad losses in a row where again the warriors should have dogged them out bro the warriors should have dogged them again when they were leading by eight to ten in the first half that should have been 20 and so you hung on and gave yourself that chance to still lost it those are two really really bad gut punches and now you got to turn around and win two more i can see one this is just my unbiased opinion by the way again if if you listen to these pods i'm just keeping consistency i uh it's not about not believing in the squad or um you know giving up on them it's literally this we're in the situation that i feared when the series started was that you would have to get a game seven out of golden state and there i see i if i had have seen something in this series to make me feel comfortable saying that they could stay composed and do that then i would just go you know what i actually think they can go and do that but at the rate that tatum is having a horrible series and the turnovers that have persisted throughout this postseason are still happening and 
the same mistakes keep happening i don't i feel like it would be almost biased to me to just turn around and say right now oh yeah i fully believe they can go get that seventh i believe they can get it to a seventh i definitely that's just that's just me just looking at what's happened these last two games and going all right if you just flip the switch you just flip one switch you can get that game um but man <laughs> we are in hell <laughs> we are in hell after you get a seventh game out of golden state we are in hell right now um all the wiggins propaganda in the world by the way shout out to wigs when he when he dunked at the end there he cuffed it and dunked i was just going if you take that clip and with the context that it's in the nba finals and show it to somebody from 2014 it would be 100 percent believable He's been magnificent, especially these last two games. Maybe the shooting hasn't always been great, but the intangibles, the rebounds, the defense, Tatum's whole mid-range scheme, or sorry, not scheme, his whole mid-range game is is in prison right now. He can't get a clear look at the basket. He makes it, I'm sure the percentage is pissed. He's made a couple, but Wiggins hand up. Again, this is what I'll talk about with like very good teams and championship teams. There's points in the game where Celtics are fighting for their lives and they go to a Tatum half spin fadeaway over wiggins and i i asked the chat has this worked consistently one time yet i don't think this has consistently been one time wiggins is so good that defense bro this man is is been great at it um you know even his decision making he didn't make any threes tonight i thought there was one three that specifically where he could have took it and really pushed the momentum and he didn't decided to swing the ball instead it's been solid decision maker um Look, he's just been he's been great. And if this exact game repeats in game six and the Warriors win, I'm actually not. a. Th well, OK, let me stop because of how this series is winning the optics of the beginning of it. I'm sure the voters are probably going to side with Curry this time. They're well aware of the narrative. I think it will probably side with Curry. But if this same game copy and paste into game six and Boston says we're running stuff off the three point line and Wiggs has another great rebound in the game and, and, you know, clutch defense and. Even has a solid offensive game. He might have an argument, but it does. I, I don't know. I'm not really into all that. Who wins Finals MVP on the other side? Who wins Finals MVP in general is not really that important to me. But I know for for narratives and arguments, that's a big, big thing. So I just wanted to throw my two cents in there that I thought, um, it, hell, if this series goes two more games and they thug it out with, with Wiggins having this type of game and Curry having this type of game, then I think he's got a really, really good argument. But again, Curry's had... You know, the, the, he's got the numbers. He's uh, had the, the your know, last game, which was like that one of those legendary finals performances. Just knowing those things, it'd be hard to see voters going another way. Um, so yeah, there's there's my bit for Wiggins. Just all praise to him. Um, I'm sure you found the Tatum tweet by now where he says Jabari Parker was better than Wiggs back in 2012 or 2014. So <laughs> Twitter's having a fun time with that one rob williams still playing he was questionable he had 10 points eight rebounds kavon looney got into early foul trouble had three fouls in the first quarter they went ahead and went small boston at the very end as a last ditch effort tried to go small which i think you can already get a taste of that and see don't even don't even bother with that in game six or potential game seven don't even bother with that because once curry beat somebody one-on-one -on -one, if you don't have a protector then you toast so don't even like that was just you may throwing the you know, just throwing the sink at it in the last you know couple of minutes there that as an elastic effort don't do it no, no reason no reason um yeah that's pretty much about all i got I told y'all this one was going to be more akin to like a barbershop talk uh the warriors are good man <laughs> this is a damn good team uh, if if clay thompson 
was the clay of old which again we don't know if he's ever going to be he's had some he's a okay he's, he's struck he streaked a couple of good games by the way this was a good game for him but it's not like clay it's not blazing clay from a couple of years ago because it was blazing clay throughout this series it would have probably been over by now he's had more than enough good and open looks to really really tilt the game the other way this is the warriors team would have probably won by now but you know they're composed they're great they're healthy the defense is there they've had some Great defensive possessions on top of Boston, handing them possessions back. And, uh, you know, Jordan Poole, four of eight tonight. Again, came in just a couple of just literally two plays that really mattered. And that was that. So, yeah, game six in Boston. I think Celtics can get that one. Game seven, Golden State. Uh, Cavaliers, I, I share solidarity with Cavaliers fans and what y'all felt going into that that must have been i mean for the cavaliers at least they had the momentum going into that at the, as they were coming back 3-1 so it pro they probably felt different being on the other side of the hill and having to climb up it this is hell <laughs> this is hell uh but it's fun man though shout out to golden state bro shout out golden state shout out wigs and hopefully boston lee shows up and fights in game six and fights as hard as they have because they still came back in this game they folded but they came back um, I hope they leave it all on the table for this game six. If you come out and Jason Tate, that, oh, that was the last point I wanted to hit with Tatum in the series he's had. Again, like I said, not a, excuse me, not a bad game tonight, but condensed. It was condensed. And then when we really needed some production from him, we didn't get it. Missed a lot of free throws, by the way, two or six from uh, the free throw line. Like I said, I really believe that whatever he's, he's injured with is, is messing him up. The finishing hasn't been there. It's uh, it's pretty hit and miss what you get from him in this series right now, which is is more of the problem, in my opinion. It's not that he can't hit some he can't get hot and hit some threes. It's that those other two levels of scoring not consistently being there for the whole series is is hard. And Wiggins is basically just taking away one of those. So, yeah, that's all I got to say. I'm done. I am done. I will be back. Hell, at this rate, I might be back if uh, if Boston wins game six. Either way, I'll probably be back after game six. Yeah, it's been fun, man. It has been a fun season. Shout out to y'all. Shout out. I already gave Golden State a shout out. All right, I'm done. No more love for Golden State until this bitch is over. <laughs> no more. No more. No more love for Wiggins or Golden State until this is over. Um, if you enjoy this, you want to show the podcast love, like button, sub, hit the bell next to my name before notifications every time a vid drops. I will see y'all on the next one.